The pursuit of God doesn't stop when a believer gets saved. There is so much more to discover about a living and active God who is with us and in us. If you've ever thought to yourself, there has got to be more than this, you are in the right place. Welcome to the More of God, a safe place to explore the more. Now, here's your host, April Harrison. So I'm here with Al Jackson today. Hey, Al. Hello. I heard about Al when I was interviewing his friends, Mark and Jess Snyder, earlier last month. And they told me they have a friend, Al, who would be perfect for the podcast because he walks in the more of God. And so about a month from then, I saw him preaching at my church and heard his story. And he started off by saying, who wants more of God? And I thought, <laughs> yes, this is perfect. Yeah, it's so, prophesied. It's prophesied, yes. So... I've got him here today to share his story, and we're talking this month about the love of the Father. So why don't you start by just sharing a little bit about how you came to God from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I grew up in a Christian home, grew up in a godly home, Uh, both my parents. Believers, strong believers, even really spirit-filled believers. Um, But for me, from my perspective, a lot of what I saw in the church is I saw, personally, I saw a lot of religion. Um, I think some of that was my own tainted view because I wanted to live in the world. I wanted to be crazy. But I think also some of what I was seeing was actually true. So I didn't get saved until I was 24. Really just came out of a, just a wild lifestyle of partying, drugs, alcohol, just all sorts of different inappropriate relationships. So that's really where Christ found me. Basically, I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and um, in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan, you have these just large porches where you can fit like 20, 20, 25 people on one porch, and we would sit out there, and we would drink, and we would party, and I started having these specific encounters with Christ where I remember one time in particular, I literally looked over in the corner, and I saw Jesus, right? And what I caught were his eyes. And it's like his eyes were piercing through me. And I'm like, wow. And obviously I'm drunk and I might have been on some stuff too. I don't know. But his eyes were piercing through me. What I loved about that moment was that as his eyes looked through me, they were saying that, listen, I see everything. I see all the junk. I see all the struggles. I see all the insecurities that you're trying to hide up that you're trying to cover up, but yet I love you the same. So from that moment forward, I never forgot those eyes. I was haunted by those eyes because many times when you're struggling, you're in that place, because growing up in that background, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I don't know how to do right. What does that even look like? And most of the examples that I had of people my age that were supposedly doing right Uh, Most of them were just moral. They weren't necessarily filled with the spirit. There was nothing in their lives that I wanted. It was just morality. Mm -hmm. But those eyes just began to haunt me, and I would have (laughs) encounters like that multiple times over over about a year. And those eyes just really haunted me. I said, you know what? If this is who Christ really is, like if the Father really is loving, you know, because you said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I didn't necessarily see the Father, but I saw the Father peering through his Son into me. And that was his love. And I'm like, man, if if that is real, what I, what I encountered, then Christ is worth my very life. So prior to this 
piercing through of his eyes. What did you think of God? What did you think of his character or what he was like? Yeah, so for me, I thought of God when when I thought of him, honestly, I thought he was kind of schizophrenic <laughs> because you hear all these songs about God's love and he's good and he's all these great things. So I had those songs running through my mind, but I also have running through my mind just all the different teaching and mm-hmm. preaching that I've heard about just hellfire and brimstone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're telling me forever, but then I, you know, I'm seeing songs that he's loved. So like, <laughs> which is it? Like, is he confused? Like, what's going on? So yes, I mean that that basically was my perspective of him, and that was kind of the wrestle. So how long did it take for him to get you? <laughs> I mean, I didn't get saved until I was 24 years old. But once that those encounters with Christ started to happen. It literally was in that same year when the Lord really got me. You know, I shared the encounter where his eyes were just like piercing me. And that image literally just haunted me. You know, I didn't know what to do with that in a good way, though, because I'm like, man, the man that looked at me and I know that I know that I know that it was Jesus. He looked at me with love. He saw all the junk. He saw all the garbage because I could see he was seeing me clearly. But yet he just continued to say with his eyes, man, regardless of all this, I love you the same, and there's more for you. Mm-hmm. And that's all I needed. You know, I, I didn't need the religious beat down. You're horrible. All this stuff you know is, dude, I know it's horrible. That's why I have suicidal thoughts. That's why I feel awful. That's why I have, you know, these stomach issues and, and so on and so forth. But that for me was a switch. And then there was a point where I just said, listen, I can't, I'm pursuing after Christ, but I can't grow here in Michigan. So I need to make a move. And my brother had been reaching out to me and he'd been encouraging me actually to move to Florida for a while. And I basically said, man, if you can give me a job down there, <laughs> on the first thing smoking. So, and not actually smoking something. It just means like the quickest way to get down. Let's, let's, uh, let's clarify that. So... <laughs> But he did get me a job, and I moved to Florida, and I just left all my friends and just basically just told him, like, my best friend, I told him specifically, man, listen, like, I love you. Uh, You know, we knew each other, ran together since first grade. But this Christ that I met, he's worth my very life. So I'm moving to Florida because I know for me to grow, it's going to have to be in a different environment. So then you moved to Florida, and you didn't realize that it was a setup from God to get you there to do what? Yeah, so I moved to Florida. Um, yeah, I didn't understand that I was set up, but really just started pursuing, seeking after the Lord, um, something that I, that I picked up from my mom, even though I didn't even know specifically where it came from. Uh, but just looking back, it was that spiritual heritage of my mom, who just was a seeker of the Lord, always seeking his face. So my job that I worked nights, I was cleaning nights, uh, actually at a church, and I would just spend hours many times just seeking the Lord. And there's one specific night where for a few hours, the Holy Spirit just started showing me prophetically my future. Um, Like I could just see it playing like a movie reel. And it started off pretty awesome (laughs) until I figured out towards the end of this movie, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, you at that point in the movie, like, I get what's going on. This is a setup. And I realized, I'm like, oh man, Holy Spirit, you're calling me to be a pastor. Like, I don't want to be a pastor. All the ones I remember just seemed lame. They <laughs> wore suits and drove Cadillacs. and I don't want anything to do that. But I felt from the Holy Spirit like you can do it differently. 
And that was my one thing. Some of the examples you've seen, you don't have to do it like that. And then I finally just surrendered way later that night. It was just like, man, Holy Spirit, like I know, like God, I know you love me now and I love you and this is what you're calling me to. Like I'm in, I'm in. So you become a youth pastor at this church and describe a little bit about what like your ministry like was like at that time. Yeah, so I become a youth pastor at this church and uh, basically what's going on in my personal life that started to pour over into my ministry is I'm starting to encounter the things of God just in the secret place. I'm starting to have these encounters. I'm reading scriptures like Psalm 63, Psalm 1611, in your presence the fullness of joy, Psalm 63. David, we're talking about, um, I think about you as I lay in my bed. I meditate on you the watches of the night. And there was just something deep in what he was saying. I'm like, man, I've never heard somebody talk about the Lord in this way. Like this guy finds pleasure in the Lord. Like this is, <laughs> nobody's teaching this. I don't know anybody teaching this. I'm not getting this on Sundays. I'm not getting this anywhere. But I just said, Lord, I got to know what David knows. Here's a great man. Here's a great king. I mean, the guy can have anything he wants. It's like he conquers a group of people. He takes another wife. I'm like, <laughs> who is this guy? But at the same time, he says, the one thing that I want to know where I find the fullness of joy is in your presence. And that's where I said, okay, Lord, like I want to know what David knows. And I just was honest with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I'm trying this whole seeking thing, but it's hard for me to stay up, right? And, and honestly, if my ex-girlfriend were here right now, it would not be hard for me to stay up. So I got to know you. I didn't experience you. Like, I'm, I'm done with this religious stuff. I got to know what he knows. And I just spent just about every night just seeking him continually. And the Lord started to show up, and, and I would experience unbelievable joy. I would experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, the Lord started to heal just wounds and errors in my life, errors I was operating out of, not even knowing it. You know, even ministry. You know, I found something that I was good at, but I was finding a lot of who I was in ministry, not in Him. Mm -hmm. So He began to reveal and heal a lot of those areas. And what started to happen was, is that as I began to know Him and know His heart, and this is probably later down the road, but as I became one with Him, I began to minister out of that oneness, not out of, oh, wow, I found something that I'm good at, so let me go out and preach to these youth, because I'm going to make the youth pastor. And that kind of changed the game. But all these things of the Spirit that I'm experiencing in the secret place, they're now pouring out to the public place, and our kids are experiencing them as well. So what are some examples you can think of of the ways that the kids experienced God tangibly or things that happened that you can share? A couple different ways. I remember one way is we would have like basically these prayer, I guess you could call them prayer meetings before youth group with a bunch of high school guys. And we would find our own room. We'd pile all these high school guys in there. We would have thought we were getting ready for like a big basketball game or something. <laughs> And we would expect, and that's so key to going before the Lord, right? We must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So we would expect for him to show up. So you got, I don't know, between myself, uh, my buddy Mark, who passed with me, probably close to 20 high school guys in this room, all expecting the Holy Spirit to show up. And God loves that and he's drawn to that. 
and he would show up. So, it, I mean, a lot of times it would be healing and breakthrough, emotional healing. Guys would start confessing things. I mean, unbelievable things. I'm like, dude, I don't know whether to call the cops or to you give you the love of the Father, but this is crazy. But they just felt free in that environment. So that was kind of, that was one of the ways. And then we just saw tons of kids get saved too. You know, close to 50 in one month alone in our youth group literally quadrupled. Um, and it all was just the spirit. I mean, kids would say to us like, we go to youth group because we don't know what's going to happen <laughs> next. That's why they would show up. Have you been in a church where you experienced um, the power of God without that missing component of the intimacy or the love of the Father? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I definitely saw just different examples of uh, different people, even people that I looked up to, that could operate out of the power, clearly. But then I would see things in them that said, man, that's, that's not loving, that's not kind. I would see things that were more ministry-driven, the people driven. And as a young man coming up in ministry, and these are areas that God's probably just in the past few years has actually has healed to me, because it, it caused great conflict. Because I'm like, I don't know what to I Okay, I know the supernatural is real, but I don't know what to do with these things that I've also seen that are real, but the two don't add up. And the Holy Spirit started to reveal to me that, man, it's just, it's so important that you first start with the Father's love. It's not even about ministry. Like, He wants to know you, and He wants you to know His heart, and He wants to be one with you. You know, eternal life is that we may know Him. That's intimacy, the one true God in Jesus Christ whom He sent. So any son or daughter has to start there. Like, forget ministry. Don't even think about ministry. Know Him first. Know His heart first. Be known by Him. And then what He calls you to do from there, you do. But any, there's many things that are ministry. So if it is traditional ministry, when you're whole and knowing him is the number one pursuit, not building my ministry, and I minister from that place instead of trying to get approval, that's why I go out and minister. Instead of trying to get affirmation, that's why I preach. Instead of needing the approval of man, but no, I'm approved and therefore I minister. When you look at the life of Jesus, before he started his ministry, the Father parts to heaven and says, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. He was affirmed before he even did anything. So I think for what I feel in my heart from the Spirit, even just as we're talking for, for people, is that you're a son, you're a daughter, and the Father is pleased. He's pleased with you regardless of what you do or not, even before you do anything. You know, we're so focused on doing but doing gets you caught up in striving. It's not about striving, it's about abiding. And when you abide in him and him in you, Jesus said you will bear much fruit. So, because people have to remember, well, yeah, but you presence people, you got to just sit around and <laughs> meditate and listen to Stephanie Gretzinger all day. And you got to don't do anything. Partially true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's partially true. <laughs> you got me. But the other side of that, of intimacy is... Intimacy always brings about reproduction as well. But the difference now is you can't just go to the Father to get something or so I can minister. You know, it's like Bill Johnson says, we have a word for people that are intimate for as a profession. <laughs> you know, a particular word. But it has to start there. 
but you still get the fruit. You still get the ministry. You still get the miracles, the signs, the wonders. But what's cool about doing it this way is when you're intimate with him and fruit is produced out of it, that fruit now comes from him. It doesn't come from you. And because he's a good father that doesn't just spread seed and, and, and he's not responsible for it. No, if he's planted the seed in you that comes from intimacy, whether that's a ministry, it's a dream, it's a vision, whatever it may be. If he's planted that seed in you because he's a good father and because he's faithful, he's also responsible to see that thing grow and to bring it to fruition. And I think that's where we can miss it. And when you do it from that place, man, ministry's fun. I enjoy it now. It's I'm not stressed about, oh my goodness, what am I going to preach today? <laughs> it's there. And it's there because of the oneness. So I think the Father's love is such a good topic for the more of God. And it makes me think of Ephesians 3, that you would know the height and the depth and the width and the yeah. breadth of the love of God yeah. so that you can be filled yeah. with all the fullness of God. And it's like such a foundational piece that I think sometimes is missed. So thinking about your life, it seems like this is kind of how you got started. This is God's yeah. love was what got you. Yeah. And often that thing that gets us is our life message. So thinking about that, like this is your life message, the love of God and yeah. how he comes for us and how he wants intimacy with us. What would you love to share from your journey for anyone listening that maybe hasn't ever experienced the love of God or they desire more of that and they don't feel like they've had that? What kind of advice or, yeah. or what would be helpful to you way back then um, yeah. that you wish you would have known? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, April. I, I would say a couple of things to people that haven't experienced the Father's love. Number one, it's okay to be honest with the Lord. So go before him and be brutally honest. That was a huge part of my breakthrough. Number two, examine what your relationship is like with your earthly father. And the reason why I say that is because many times we can view our heavenly father through the lens of our earthly father. So if your earthly father is extremely, if, he's, if he was a big disciplinarian, very strict, you can view the father as that, right? If he was withdrawn, you may feel like, well, the father doesn't support me. He's not always there. I got to do these things on my own. So I think that's very, very important. That was a big breakthrough for me, too, to, was to look at that. And I, I would also encourage you with this, that, man, love is just not a feeling. God is love. The Father is love. And perfect love, which the Father is, it casts out all fear. So there's no fear in approaching him. That's one thing that I struggle with is like, Lord, I've done some jacked up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because my parents are strong believers. I knew it was jacked up, but I just kept doing it. So I wanted to come to him, but I'm like, man, I'm going to have to pay for this. I'm going to pay for that. Okay, maybe not, but that I know I got to pay for. But his grace, his grace covers the sin. You know, it is the blood of Jesus Christ covers our sin. And I want to encourage that person with the revelation that I came to through the prodigal son. Is it interesting about the prodigal son is he never ceased being the son. You know, we focus on different aspects, but he was a son all along. So even though you may be out there and you may be involved in things or relationship, whatever it is that you shouldn't be involved in, like the prodigal son, you can always go back to the father. And his response you see in that story is, because I think from the prodigal son's perspective, he's thinking, man, I'm going to go back and he's going to make me like one of his servants. And <laughs> like I was going through that checklist. Okay, what am I going to pay for? 
But the response of the father is, we know that he hugged him, he embraced him, he kissed him. But he set him back in that same position as a son. He put the robe on him. He, you know, they had the party with the fattened calf that they only did once a year for special occasions. But he did it because his son that was lost is now home. And that's grace. Grace is not just like, you you messed up. I forgive you. Whew, you made it. <laughs> no, grace is, hey, you messed up, but I'm going to give you the robe of a king. I'm going to give you the righteous robe that, yeah, you don't deserve, but that's the unmerited love. You know, it's ridiculous. It, it's sickening to the natural mind, but that that's the love that he has for you, and that's what he calls you into. And you don't have to clean yourself up. He does the transformation. You know, Romans 8 says, put to death the deeds of the flesh. Because I was like, oh, i got to stop this, i got to stop that. And then I put to death the deeds of the flesh by the Spirit. The Spirit of God, as you're yielded to him and as you're one with them, which comes through the secret place, comes through beholding him, and he starts with those things today. And you're like, what in the world? I don't even desire that anymore. You want to give an update on uh, your time since Florida? Yeah. <laughs> so my time since Florida... I now live in, it's, it, honestly, it's funny saying this. I now, <laughs> I now live in North Carolina, um, during North Carolina, and I'm a part of Amazing Church Hope Chapel, which is an apex, and totally the Lord how I got here, was in ministry for a number of years, and then after that, actually uh, struggled to get a job, got a job, and then I got an amazing job in sales. I uh, was over a whole sales department, totally the favor of the Lord, Holy God thing was making more money than, yeah, than I thought possible, definitely near the time, and had some pretty awesome offers, but the Lord called us here to North Carolina, and, you know, I had to make a decision, and I mean, it wasn't a hard decision. When he speaks, we don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, uh, Matthew 4, 4, but left my career literally at the height of it to follow the voice of God, so I'm here in Carolina, and I know that the Lord definitely has different different ministry things for me definitely have a heart to you know one day lead a church have a heart for church planning different things like that and really just following the voice of the lord and it's been awesome i uh, hope it's been a huge part of my journey and preached here last sunday which was the lord totally bringing things full circle because i hardened my heart there for a while towards ministry uh just because some of the things i went through and but the lord brought about healing and last Sunday was kind of a marker in that restoration. I mean, the healing had already taken place, but to preach in front of an adult audience again, uh, where people are hungry for the things of the Spirit, was like, man, Lord, you're good, you're faithful, and, and you do restore for sure. So thinking about God and how you know Him now versus how you knew Him before, what are some adjectives or descriptive words you could use to describe the Father or the Holy Spirit or all of them altogether? I, I would say first... When it comes to the Father, just in even sitting here, the Father's revealed through Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because um, sometimes the Father's love, I mean, for me, for so long, I heard Bill Johnson speak of this person, but it seems so abstract. But then when I'm like, oh, wait, if I've seen Jesus, I've seen the Father. I'm like, ah, okay. Jesus took it. Like, I can, I can get that. I can understand that. So I would say that, and then the, the Holy Spirit makes the heart of the Father manifest, you know, 100% um, just in our life. So I think the main adjectives that, that stick out to me of most recent would be oneness, that it's not on me to, to have fruit, to be patient, to be joyful. It's not on me to 
produce my ministry. But that comes from being one with the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It's intimacy. So as I'm intimate with him, not for all those things, but as I'm just one with him, as I just seek him in that place of intimacy, being in the secret place, but not just you know one time a day, but continually just drawn away. It could be even hanging out with my kids, but just being intentional and aware of his presence because he's speaking all the time. He speaks some of the strongest words I've gotten have come through my kids. <laughs> speaking prophetically, they didn't even know. Like One had me like dumbfounded for days, but... Like, dude, you have no clue. Maybe I'll clean up your toys. You go. I don't know what to do with that. But uh, oneness, I would say intimacy. The fact that he used the highest level of intimacy. I want to know you, John 17, 3. same word used that Joseph knew Mary not. It's kind of, you know, when that produces a baby. That he would say that that's how I want to know you. So when I go before him, though, that's, what's, that's what I'm always after is intimacy and knowing him. So I would definitely say, you know, those words stick out. And I would just say, when you realize how much he loves you, he just wants to be with you, the other things just come in line. You know, they just start coming out. You start, when you're one with the person of joy, you're joyful. It's a byproduct. When you're one with the person of peace, peace exudes out of you. You're not even trying it. People just say, man, like, yeah, I just love hanging out with you, man. You always got joy and peace. I wasn't, oh, let me get in this conversation. This person seems depressed. I need to give him some joy. No, it's just... That's just what I am from being one with the person of joy. So those are the things that, I think I went a little off. But I That's okay. That I'm sorry. Um, the last thing is I always like to have people pray for people yeah. that are listening that um, are really identifying with their story. Because everybody has a story that, that yeah. you know resonates with different people. So if you could pray um, just as a close for people that are listening that are resonating with the story that maybe have wandered away from God and they think they're too far gone or people who haven't experienced the love of God, that they would come to yeah. know Him um, and be known by Him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Holy Spirit, we we thank You that You're here. We thank You that You've been uh, here with me in April. And we just ask that You would just take these words to whoever needs it, that You bring about that right connection. Maybe they see something on Facebook or Instagram or friend of a friend, but You would get it to the people that need it. So... Knowing that and trusting you to do that, I already know you're going to do that. I, I just speak just life to those people. I just, I bless you. Um, this prayer may seem weird to some, but Holy Spirit is just a real person. So um, I just bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that every veil, that the strongholds will be removed, that hinders you from experiencing and knowing the fullness of the Father's love. That when you hear this, that his love would so overwhelm you, you wouldn't know what to do. You would feel like you're dying, but like a good death. Like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. But I can't contain it at the same time. Yes, he's that good. And that it would overwhelm your circumstances. It would overwhelm wherever you may be at life. That would become your greater reality. And it would dominate everything else in your life. And that this would be a breakthrough moment for you in his love and his grace. And I, and I speak to you right now that as you hear this, the light of Jesus Christ is going to come into those dark areas. And what you're going to find is what I found is that no matter how deep and how dark and how twisted or how perverted or how 
evil that you're going to find his love there. And he also, here's the cool thing, he not only loves you there, mm-hmm. but he gives you the power to live in him, no longer in that area, and to set you free from that bondage. Because whom the Son is set free, Jesus said, is free indeed. We just bless you with that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>